Welcome to The Great Reset, a podcast from the World Economic Forum that looks at how we can build a cleaner, fairer, smarter world after COVID-19. This week, jobs. As the forum opens a four-day summit on the future of jobs, we talk to Managing Director Sadia Zahidi about how the COVID-19 pandemic has made the challenges of a rapidly changing world of work even harder to confront. By 2025, if you look at today's tasks, humans and machines will be at par in terms of how those tasks are being divided. That basically means 85 million jobs will be fully lost, but it will still be more than that that will be gained. As well as concerns about losing our jobs to robots and algorithms, there's been years of growing income inequality and rising social discord. What hopes can we have of creating well-paid, rewarding, sustainable jobs for millions of people around the world who need them more than ever, particularly as the impact of the pandemic really takes hold? COVID-19, that's going to create a double disruption scenario for most workers. If in the past there were concerns about technology displacing them. We've now got not just technology, but also a recession displacing them. The Jobs Reset Summit will look at the economic outlook, at wages, at education, training, diversity and equity, all in the shadow of the pandemic, which has had some unexpected consequences on work, such as increasing the burden on women around the world, many of whom were already juggling a double shift of work at the workplace and at home. The double shift is basically that women are in the workplace, but then they're also taking on the majority of the care responsibilities in the household. What's happened now is a sort of double-double shift. There is that extra stretch of hours in the workplace, but in addition to that, there are increased care responsibilities in the home. Subscribe to The Great Reset on Apple SoundCloud, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please take a moment to like, rate, and review us. I'm Robin Pomeroy, Digital Editor at the World Economic Forum, and with the first of our daily coverage of the Jobs Reset Summit, This is The Great Reset. It's Tuesday the 20th of October. Over four days this week, starting today, the World Economic Forum is bringing experts from around the world together to seek ways of improving the world of work. I asked the forum's Sadia Zahidi to tell us what we should expect and why the event is happening now. In the last few years, I think we've seen a rising inequality. We've seen growing social discord and the growing threat of technology to jobs. At the same time, there has been some hope around how that very same technology can provide better solutions to education, can provide better solutions to uh, the new types of jobs, uh, to can take very precise approaches to providing social safety nets and very precise approaches to finding the kind of data we need to understand the different uh, impact of technology on different parts of society. So there are both positives and negatives when it comes to the trends that have been occurring in the last few years. What the pandemic has done has made it very clear where our social contracts are broken and made it very clear which are the parts of society which need more help and more support to ensure that social mobility is restored for them. And it has made very clear that we're going to need a concerted effort to come out of this recession and we have an opportunity to build a new economy. So that's what this summit is all about. It's leveraging this crisis, this moment, um, and uh, ensuring that we use it as the opportunity that it is and build back better. So looking at the summit itself, it's over four days and each day is following a theme. You're gonna bring experts from around the world to discuss those themes. Could you talk us through what the themes are on those different days? Sure. We start the first day of the summit by focusing on economic growth, revival, and transformation. 
So what actually needs to be done to restore growth and not just any growth, but the kind of growth that we actually want, the growth that will be in environmentally compatible and growth that will actually be socially inclusive. The second day is all about work, wages and job creation. So as we do return to growth, how do we ensure that people have high quality work and there are appropriate standards for all parts of the workforce, low-skilled work as well as high-skilled work? Um, and how do we ensure that we create the new kinds of jobs that we need, whether that is in the care sector or in the green sector or in the IT sector, um, to actually invest in a concerted way towards job creation? The third day is around education, skills, and lifelong learning. So ensuring that people have the right kind of human capital investment so that they have the skills, the training, to be able to leverage their full potential. And then finally, day four is all about equity, inclusion, and social, social justice. So it's ensuring that all parts of society benefit from that new kind of growth, from those new kinds of jobs, and from that new kind of education, and not just have that be reserved for a few. And what kind of results would you like to see come out of the summit? So we are aiming to answer some of the big questions. So what kinds of investments are needed? What should be the new metrics for the new economy? Um, what are the specific types of jobs of tomorrow? What are the mechanisms of creating a global social protection fund? Um, what are the ways in which online learning can become, in fact, the new form of learning? Um, what are the ways in which we can embed racial justice, gender equality, LGBTI inclusion, and include people of all abilities? So those are the big questions. What's the new vision, the new standards in these areas? And then the second element is actually driving forward action on some of these areas. So we expect the first day to um, build alignment around a new dashboard for the new economy. So the new targets beyond growth that focus on people and planet and institutions beyond simply prosperity in traditional ways. On the second day, we expect an announcement around social protection and building a coalition for the public sector and the private sector to come together around a minimum social protection floor. On the third day, we expect a coalition of companies from multiple industries to come together and agree to not only new standards for the future of work, but also announce a number of commitments around reskilling and upskilling. Similarly, we expect a number of countries to make uh, announcements as well around how they will be reskilling and upskilling their workforce. And not just that, but redeploying them into future jobs. Could you just remind us what's the difference between reskilling and upskilling? So reskilling is traditionally um, focused on those that will require a very substantial change in the set of skills that they have. And usually reskilling goes along with redeployment into a new role or reemployment into a whole different industry or company. Upskilling usually happens on the job. So you remain within your role, but it is going through a major change in terms of the skills that are required and you're upskilled within that role itself. Do you have any idea of how many of us will require upskilling and reskilling. I mean, it's a huge number, I think, isn't it? The numbers are very large. So I think what's, what's changing, what hasn't changed is the pace with which technology is impacting jobs. So we found that by 2025, if you look at today's tasks, humans and machines will be at 
at par in terms of how those tasks are being divided. Now, that basically means that uh, about 85 million jobs will be fully lost, but it will still be more than that that will be gained. When it comes to the reskilling and upskilling number, most companies say that about half of their employees will need reskilling and upskilling. Now, for some, that pathway will lead to still displacement, but being moved into a different role. And for some, that will be upskilling within the role that they're in. But overall, we're talking about very large numbers that will face that change. And at the core of every single job, so whether you'd require reskilling or upskilling or not, in every single job, there is the expectation that at least 40% of the core skills in that job are going to change. Now, that is a massive number for most of us to absorb. It basically means that five years from now, roughly half of what we're doing is going to look different in terms of the tasks that we do day to day. That is a pretty big change for everyone to absorb. The World Economic Forum has a brand new podcast, Meet the Leader, where the world's top leaders share how they're tackling the world's toughest challenges. On this week's Meet the Leader, we talk to IBM's Dario Gill about his idea for a global super squad of scientists who could prevent future calamities with the best technology at their fingertips. Could we mobilize a group of volunteer scientists that would engage ahead of the pandemic or even a meteorite? He'll talk about why we need this super squad, known as the Science Readiness Reserves, and the supercomputer project that inspired it. He'll also explain what makes great collaborations tick and a book he thinks everyone should read. It's not about one single institution that is going to solve our problems, but a different way to collaborate with one another. All this and more on this week's Meet the Leader. Welcome back to The Great Reset on day one of the Jobs Reset Summit, which is being held as COVID-19 is not only wiping out jobs, but also changing the way millions of us work. World Economic Forum Managing Director, Sadia Zahidi. We know for a fact that the pace of technology ad- adoption has is not only going to continue unabated in this current era of the pandemic recession, but if anything, that pace of uh, technology adoption is going up. And I think those of us who are in the white collar workforce working from home, I think most of us see that. We see that change happening. But what hasn't changed is companies' desire to integrate more and more of that technology, not just technology that allows people to work from home, but technology that actually quite fundamentally changes the nature of the tasks in most jobs. What we also know is that the combination of technology adoption along with this COVID-19 recession, that's going to create essentially a double disruption scenario for most workers. If in the past there were concerns about technology displacing them, we've now got not just technology, but also a recession displacing them. And so that's another key um, fact about the current state of the economy in the workplace. Um, what is still fairly positive, though, is that the number of jobs that are expected to be created through the integration of technology still remains higher than the number of jobs that will be displaced. But that job creation rate has gone significantly down compared to two years ago when we also um, looked at our last forecasts around the future of jobs. And so it's um, not surprising in the middle of a recession that we're not expecting to create as many jobs as we did before. It just simply remains an optimistic scenario overall compared to the rate of job destruction. But of course, it depends on the choices we make today. 
It depends on the kinds of investments governments make today. It depends on the kinds of investments workers make in terms of their own time. And it uh, depends on the choices that business leaders make when it comes to retaining and protecting jobs versus shorter term decisions that are more focused on quarterly results. Could I ask you about the day four priorities, which is about equity and inclusion? And let me read you this quote by the executive director of UN Women from Zila Malambo Nguka. There is a danger that women are the ones who are likely to opt to work from home because of the pandemic and offices may end up being the places where just men go to. Is this something that will be discussed? Is this something that concerns you and should concern us? I think there are two different types of effects going on. There's one that that um, UN Women is pointing out, which is this sort of double, double shift that women are taking on both in the workplace and because of the care roles that they have at home. Yeah, could you explain for those who haven't heard of it, what's what's the double shift? So the double shift is basically that women are in the workplace, but then they're also taking on the majority of the care responsibilities in the household. What's happened now is a sort of double, double shift. And that basically means a lot more stress and extra hours in the workplace, whether those women are frontline essential workers or whether they are in white collar roles. Um, because of the current pressures in the economy, there is that sort of extra stretch of hours in the workplace. But in addition to that, there are increased care responsibilities in the home because children are, in some cases, not going to school. There's more work to be done in the home. Their families working, uh, you know, dual working um, uh, parents are both in the home in the same um, place where the home has basically become the new workplace and there's much more to be done. So um, there's that double, double shift. But there's another trend that's also going on, which relates to the future of work and what that means for gender equality. The types of roles that will be growing in the future, a very large majority of those roles happen to be the ones that that don't have a strong pipeline of women going into them. So, for example, roles that require coding skills, roles that require data science skills, roles that require artificial intelligence related skills. These are all roles that we know will be growing in the future, and they also happen to have very few pipelines of women going in. So there's a sort of a dual adjustment that we have to ensure is made, not only to to not lose out on the current workforce and not retract the gains that have happened in terms of women's integration into the labor market, but also plan for the future. And in fact, one of the things we'll be doing on day four is exactly related to this hardwiring gender parity into the future of work. World Economic Forum Managing Director Sadia Zahidi telling us about some of the things we can expect from the Jobs Reset Summit. We'll be back tomorrow on day two of the summit when the theme will be work, wages and job creation. We'll have highlights of the summit so far, plus an interview with two impact investors on why it pays to treat your employees right. 50% of US workers consider themselves disengaged at work, but 13%, one in eight workers, is so disaffected by how they're treated on the job, they actively work against the interest of their companies. That's all on tomorrow's Great Reset. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And you can follow the Jobs Reset Summit live at weforum.org and across social media on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, and on Twitter using the handle at WEF and the hashtag Jobs Reset. Thanks to Linda Lucina, Kiera Kelly, Sibyl Penaran, and Gareth Nolan for help producing these daily podcasts. Thanks to you for listening. For now, from me, Robin Pomeroy at the World Economic Forum, goodbye.